0: Fifteen May 2022, today we're going live on the Josh Tan Show. Happy Vsak Day, just to start things with. And just to share a bit, I actually went into JB very recently via the second link. What I can share with you is that the customs still seem very quiet. You know, when I went there, the, there was no queue at the causeway. So I actually succeeded in reaching Aeon Mall in Bukit Ina within 45 minutes, I guess. So if you're looking for a trip, uh, these few days are still quite quiet. But once we get to June holidays or the long weekend, this one, I guess uh, it might get still crowded. And if you're thinking of a trip into Malaysia, uh, I can also share with you. When I went to Aeon Mall, it seems like it was still relatively quiet. About thirty percent of the shops have closed down permanently, so the mall still needs some time to rejuvenate. Because you know Singaporeans are the ones that spend the most in Malaysia, correct? and uh, with us not being around some retail outlets have folded but i still see my popular over there i still see my tea garden over there so i actually go to jb quite a bit last time also so hopefully that information helps you in one way or another but today we have a case study on someone who is looking to get married and just in case you are also at this phase then maybe this whole podcast can help you as always if you are keen to have your questions answered look for my links below send me a sound clip on your case study and hopefully we can all discuss and share things that can be useful in your journey. Now, this question, let me read it together with you. I have little to no savings, but I'm looking to get married in two to three years time and to migrate overseas where my fiance is. My fiance just switched career and thus doesn't have much money. I recognize that wedding, marriage, migration are all huge expenses. I'm very worried that I don't have enough to type through. I began some budgeting, but I feel lost. This is a situation of someone that's living month to month, because little or no savings, correct? And later I'll share with you the exact amount that she's earning. But actually, you can see from the time nearly, she's drawing quite a good income. Uh, whereby we'll review the de- details in a quick while. My first suggestion is that if you are also in this phase, living month to month, it's actually time to change. Of course, you can see on h- hindsight, uh, if you had started saving early, you wouldn't be in such a predicament. But as always, we, we do what we can moving forward. There's still a lot of time to make positive changes. So if you are living month to month, uh, maybe I'll start with that. A few key points. You must break that cycle of living paycheck to paycheck. It's very worrying. And once you have a big dream coming up, like a marriage, you realize you're not on track. Uh, the worries start to come in. Then you have stress. Uh, that is not a good start uh, to build you know, a couple's relationship with. So break that paycheck to paycheck cycle, especially if you are on a full-time job, you are like gainfully employed. The first step to breaking a paycheck paycheck cycle is track your expenses. You know, track what you're spending your money in. And from what I've seen in details that she has sent to me, I guess she's really past that phase, which is good. But if you're at this phase, track your spending. Look at your pay payments. Look at your credit cards. Look at how much you're drawing out from the bank. Then define them as the next step. Because when you define each category, or I spend so much on transport, I spend so much on dining, and the bulk of it is alcohol then we can create suitable budgets. So these are very simple steps that, you know, somehow we we understand it's important, but when it comes to execute, we are sometimes sloppy. And therefore, this podcast, I like to reinforce the importance of that. And just to add on a further third point on this breaking paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck cycle is get someone that you are accountable for and tell them about the situation. Hey, dear. or hey, mom. Uh, I am not saving well. This is my plan. Now, when you bring someone in to the equation and be accountable. And uh, then that's where you realize that you're getting serious about things. If not, you can get away with uh, underperforming. And we don't want that to happen. So once you have a new habit, uh, then that's where you know you can start to relax a bit, a bit more on things because you've gotten the foundations correct again. So if you agree, uh, again, smash the like button. And as always, if you have questions along this discussion or point of views, do leave in the comment sections. I'll try to pull them up also. She's also mentioned that she's looking to budget for that wedding. And uh, she's looking for something simple. But of course, at this juncture, there's very little chance to do something extravagant, also. The target she shared is about 40,000 honeymoon, uh, some furniture costs, as well as wedding costs. So, this amount 40,000, while if you are at a young working adult office just started working, 40,000 seems like a lot. But once you are at my age, 30 plus, work for many years already, 40,000 is actually a very savable amount. I'd like to re- reassure anyone. There's just in the workforce that 40,000 is very savable. You can get there when you really cut back on your expenses. There's no magic. Cut back on your expenses, be very prudent. One year, two years, you really can get there. So it's no magic at all. But my question to you is this if you want a down payment to a home, $400,000, of which $200,000 is you, $200,000 is to your fiance or spouse, then $200,000, you can't save it up in a matter of time, correct? that pain becomes unbearable that pain becomes something that you can't reach even for three years four years that's why don't wait until last minute before starting to save before starting to dream big because once you realize that you realize you can't solve it in a few years you can give up on it or worse you go into debt you take on big loans you start to you start to feel uh, that it's not important to build the right foundation because you want shortcuts really if you need to wait three five years I might as well I find shortcuts, and very often, those are debt-related shortcuts. So coming to here, I'd like to suggest a few things. In In financial planning, always forecast long-term. When is your house going to come? If you're the age of 25, oh, I want to buy a house at 35 or 30. Start now. Start planning a budget. Learn the numbers required, because once you forecast long-term, you have years to build it, and we have years you don't need to rush and make mistakes. But for her case, uh, the first hurdle is this 40000 And I'd like to urge also each and everyone to think longer term. 40000 40, is solvable, but the bigger problem is the house. That will come in at some point of time. Coming to here also, for anyone looking to get married and the funds are just not required because marriage also has a certain timeline, right? We we cannot be naive about it. The window is there. Get married. I'm saying uh, don't, don't wait forever get married. It's a phase in life. Then maybe I would like to mention this thing, which is a little bit uncomfortable, but we're we discussing any avenues to expand this whole solution base. Ask the family for a loan. I repeat again, ask the family for a loan for the wedding. You know, it's very important to open the dialogue of borrowing money early. You know what? What? things what what stings is when you say, "Hey, I need money urgently. I need forty thousand next week because I don't have money." That stings. That makes anyone annoyed. I can assure you on that. But if you're transparent and if you tell your parents, for example, about it that, "Hey, uh, I haven't been saving well. I'm, I'm willing to be accountable to you now. I do need possibly fifty thousand. Is there a chance you can lend me fifty thousand end of next year?" You, you get the, you get the tone. One is, "Hey, I'm in trouble. Come and rescue me." One is. I forecast that I may not have enough. I might need to borrow from you. Can I understand? Is there a chance? You, you get it. You know, sometimes for parents, uh, it's very difficult to open dialogue of money also from a parent's point of view because you see, right? When you see your kid doing well, you assume that kid is earning well, financially okay, seems better than you, uh, you're 50,000, you better don't be too intrusive. So very often parents want to help but don't understand that there's a problem. Uh, so you get it. So as a young couple, if you don't have enough, I strongly suggest check out your sources of borrowing, especially family-wise. Be open, be transparent, be accountable. Because if you tell a dad, I need 50000 but I'm willing to do this. I'm just forecasting numbers. Could you help me? It sounds very possible. And you know banks, they don't lend money last minute to people who are desperate. Banks lend money to companies, to businessmen who can forecast long-term. And they give a sense that they have a plan on how to repay. You get it? Always borrow money when you're not urgent. Know your sources of borrowing at least. I think that also leads to a uh, second part on uh, you know having dialogue also with the spouse, because from what we can see is that spouse is also switching career and doesn't have much saving. So both are very late in this whole game of saving, or both have not been prudent. So it's time to change, and one cannot change with the other still stagnant. You get it change together, because a lot of times money needs to align. One spend three, one doesn't spend three. there's friction. So align together, the start dreaming together. Maybe that's that's where we are snowboarding. Thing. As a couple, open a dialogue. Do join accounts, set long-term goals. If you need a house, let's save to a seat. Be open in dialogue. Very often, you realize that there is a lot more uh, belief together that the future will work out. A lot of times couples get into financial trouble because they don't know how to open up this topic. Dating is fun, but once you see each other's dirt in terms of managing money, that's where certain friction comes in. So especially for young couples, i, I even heard of organizations, religious organizations, going through financial discussions with couples. There is definitely some merit to it. If you do not open the dialogue, I don't know, get someone to be inside it or through a financial planner to really open up this dialogue and see each other's books and make joint dreams together. Now, we have first question coming from eric josh what about people who are sales based and have fluctuating income ranging from two thousand to seven thousand is there a certain percentage you suggest to save no Uh, i'm i'm in sales also Uh, and the trick about sales is always since i'm in this circle always build up the consistent base first that gives someone assurance like the fixed fixed base pay you know you work in a bank you have that base pay so that base pay gives a lot of assurance for me, I'm on full comp, but I view my business with a lot of recurring sources. So that's my base. Once you have a base, that that should be way bigger than your core expenses, correct? Which means if you have fluctuating income, save as much as you can. I don't want to put a percentage to it because we don't know situations. But for myself, I'm saving at least 70%. Yes, at least 70% on an annual basis. Paychecks can increase, can uh, be one month bigger than the other. But always save as much as you can, and as long as your base is bigger than your core expenses, whew, uh, the equation is not difficult. You don't have stress, also you don't chase sales with a stress. and uh, then whatever big cases you bring in, save that hard, invest that hard. Hopefully that answers the situation. Find a base level of income, keep your expenses below base, so that you never run out. If two to seven thousand, then keep your expenses less than two. Fantastic, really. If your comp is seven thousand, save that five thousand. You get it. So jumping back to the case. And as always, uh, if you have questions like Eric, do share in the comment section, also. Let me share with you what uh, has been mentioned also for a case that, why is she not been saving well? Because that's something we talk about having dialogue, right? Ask your parents about funding. Ask your family about funding. Then next part, start planning long term with your spouse. But then also, when you when you plan out, you must be transparent and, that, and it's good to see numbers. 30-year-old for this case, Take-home pay of 7200 pretty decent. Engage and exploring migration, something I've mentioned already. 900 per month in savings plan and 400 per month in insurance. Now, since I'm in this industry of financial planning, I can share with you that committing $900 in total to two savings plans is probably not a good step. This has been bought already. Too late to change. Anyway, you sell the plan to a, you know, nowadays they have Uh, companies that buy endowment plans but they buy it still at a loss from you so you you do lose money the best is don't step into big savings plans that are especially super long term the premium payment for this is 25 years so for anyone thinking about buying a savings plan I strongly suggest you narrow it in 5 years or 10 years premium payment so that in future when you have a kid you have new expenses coming on board you don't run with that 900 per month commitment it ties you down a lot so 900 is depending on situation, but I don't like 25 years savings plans. I think that, that shackles the ability to grow finance very quickly. If you need a, a savings plan that's 900, limit it to five years, then finish paying, then you do investments and stuff. In any case, Singapore savings bond rates have been going up. I've shared a main channel before. Right now, for 10 years, you get an average of 2.53%, if I'm not wrong. Therefore, use it to measure against savings plans. But Singapore savings bonds work for lump sum better. Savings plans you can put 100 100 100 per month simple savings bond is if you have a bonus coming up ten thousand, and then you buy a savings bond so get it so there are solutions coming on there are higher interest i've shouted before Singapore savings bond rates will go up very likely because our overall inflation rate is our overall interest rate is going up with inflation so back to the topic 900 per month in savings plans ideally don't take up big long savings plans oh in any case if you bought already and you have children I, w- I also suggest that you view some of your long savings plans as your children's education plan fair enough because if you bought one when you were just starting working and now you have a kid it maybe you, it's going school mature in 16 years actually it's just nice you don't need a new savings plan for the kid you envision it for the child education and you can do investments really so that's something that i also would strongly advocate you don't need to duplicate one one savings plan for each person need not be. If you're bought, you shape the the objective of that plan to a new circumstance. Then 400 per month in terms of insurance, that depends on the insurance plan. I've asked before. There is a whole life plan that seems pretty expensive. So with that, I'll drop this in the comment sections. I actually do suggest start with a small whole life plan and build your insurance portfolio. And since we're on the topic, let me suggest why also. Buy term invest the difference relies on you to invest the thing well. There are pros and cons. By too big, a whole life plan ties in too much of your money, which means 400 per month. She doesn't spend 400 per month, but uh, a large portion of it. So my best best of both worlds is small whole life plan. Have something that costs one, 100, 150, and then the rest in term plan. So the whole life plan is a permanent insurance, especially when you want to project any needs that are unforeseen. A whole life plan works because it's coverage for lifetime. Then you layer on term plans. Pa, pa, pa. As your pay increase, as your liability increase, you stack on term plans. So that is a separate topic. Follow that article. I will leave it in the comments section below. I want you to read and understand a bit more. And once your whole life plan, don't buy any more whole life plans. You just need one layer and the rest, term plans. So that answers the question well. And as always, any questions, do leave in the comment sections. Then we also see 1003 to family. I guess that suggests that family relies on her income quite a lot. So all the more, there's insurance requirement because she is a breadwinner winner for family. 1003 I, I actually don't give that much to my own uh, mom or so. Uh, but different family, different su- circumstances. So for her case, she has to contribute quite a bit to family. And that leaves personal expenses before the net savings. Now coming to here, I would like to ask you so if you're not saving well, what's your best guess on your savings ratio and as well as how much you're spending on personal expenses? Because there's fixed expenses, there's certain personal expenses. And what I've came to understood is 500 per month is spent on grab rights and lease. That, that is fundamentally a, a red flag in a lot of ways. Because you see, right, when you take grab rights, taxi rides, very often is a, a solution to a problem because you are late, correct? Unless you can get reimbursement from the company. If not, you're on your own in that cost. It's very understandable that if you had taken public transport, you could have saved that $10 easily in terms of a grab grab ride. Actually, $10 could be way too little. I don't know the cost at all. But it goes to show it's all related to habits. You can wake up earlier. You can save that cost. Because in finance, a lot of ways is regarding this. There are very few hundred or thousand dollar buckets that you can cut back on. But there are a lot of $10 buckets you can save. i repeat again. There are very few hundred and thousand dollar buckets you can pull back on but there are a lot of ten dollars you can save you can save on grab right you can save on restaurant meal this is ten dollars this is ten dollars you realize you can you can net save three hundred dollars more per month so in a lot of ways personal finance is a lot of small choices and you realize it hey, oh actually the solution is not oh i don't <laughs> i don't do this then i get a big savings it's not it's usually a habit and it's compounded with very very small decisions that every ten dollars would add up and very soon there'll be an extra three hundred or even a thousand dollars in surplus so that leaves a net savings of two thousand six hundred which is very decent and i did check that that is only it out recently so you see once you go through your budget once you go through an analysis of expenses you kind of have a wake-up call every wake-up call is not too late you know i've even friends who who are doing exercise every day because they have ran into high cholesterol issues i'm age of 38 already so these these things are really coming up, but we don't want to wait, wait until wake up call. You don't want to wait until you have cholesterol diabetes then you start living a healthy life. Same with money. You don't want to wait until you need to buy a house then you start to save. Not good. You can do, you can make changes today, and hopefully this podcast advocates the right message. Start the change today. If you're not saving well, look at how much you're spending. Then you realize, oh, actually, if I cut cut cut, I can net save two thousand six hundred, and I can maybe park five hundred for. Retirement save, retirement investments, and speaking on the topic of investments, because she's mentioned that she's uh, investing five hundred per month. You know, right? Investments cannot solve saving needs. Eh? which means if the wedding cost is forty thousand in two three years time, it cannot be worked work backwards. Oh, I need to save this amount per month with ten percent investment rate to reach forty thousand. It cannot be done like that. Investments need to be from surplus money because we cannot control markets. Right now, markets are in turmoil. These are good times to buy. But in general, these are generally good times to buy. But when you have not enough surplus, you realize you are investing money you can't afford to lose, then that's that's very problematic. So again, savings can solve saving needs problems. Use investments for long-term goals. Use investments to build big wealth, fair enough. So once you invest that, you can invest aggressively ah then that's a much better way to do things use spare cash let me round up a few key points and as always any questions leave in comments we'll run up today's discussion with with something important oh at least in, in, in this case i came to realize also that there is no car expense thankfully okay because if if there is a car expense in singapore it's going to cost quite a lot of money cars have a lot of hidden costs which means that a family, in my opinion, having a car is at least going to spend thousand five dollars net, net in maintenance, parking, depreciation. And I realized a lot of families are not are not prudent with the car choice because once you buy a car, you only upgrade it. So if you bought a car, be very wary. So the first car, if you really need to buy, buy something simple. Because once you start with your Audi, you cannot go back to a Honda. It's, it's not like that. So for cars, there are big expenses and every stage you want to upgrade car is natural so keep the start small and buy only if you need then for cars also if you buy a new car the depreciation is very steep at the first few years so a lot of times we see cases where or they buy cars new cars every few years then that's where money is actually lost so luckily for our case over here there's no car expenses if you are just working try to delay that as best as you can to a later stage so let me round out a few key points that I have to share with you today. This is where we are at. The first point is if you're living paycheck to paycheck, break that cycle. That is not healthy. Just now, Eric mentioned about why for someone with a commission-based structure. Also, keep your expenses low so at any good months, you can invest that amount freely. Make sense? So break that paycheck to paycheck cycle. Your expenses be lower than your fixed pay. You're good ready. You can save up money. You can save up bonuses. Second, be be start forecasting long-term needs you can save forty thousand very easily but you can't save 200 000 very easily there is a difference and you don't want to miss out on those goals also so bring as a couple bring each other down together start looking long term any long-term goals that can't be fulfilled start understanding your sources of borrowing also Th- those are things i've covered in this whole discussion the third is be accountable and borrow early something i mentioned Hopefully it's a realistic solution, but not every family is the same. Not every family has resources to type through also. And the fourth is be transparent and open as a couple. Can't stress this enough. Finance is one of the biggest sore points that can tear couples apart. So make sure there's alignment, make sure there's transparency, and make sure that everybody comes down to the table accountable to each other and build the dreams together. So for myself also, I communicate daily, I think, uh, with my spouse also. On where where are we going to? Five years later, where do we see ourselves living? Ten years later, do we need a different house because our schools are different for the kids? So these are things, be very comfortable discussing money with your spouse. And last but not least, savings not uh, investments are the right solutions to build up your first base. And always invest your surplus, you'll find the investment journey a lot easier to die through. So these are five key points that you take away from today's lesson. And as always, if you have a question, do leave it in the comment sections and do leave, and do drop me uh, something of your case and I will discuss in the next podcast. Thank you for watching you here and I'll see you next one. Take care and goodbye.